When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. It's June 16th, 1784, and another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by... Aria, Rebecca, and Ali, the Retrospectors. If you happen to find yourself in Holland on King's Day, the national holiday which takes place every year on the 27th of April, you'll likely find yourself surrounded by Dutch patriots decked head to toe in orange hats, orange wigs, orange feather boas and so on. But if you or indeed anyone had gone out in the Netherlands dressed that way on this day in 1784, you would have been arrested because today marked the start of a Dutch ban on wearing anything orange. And aside from King's Day, the context in which you're most likely to see Dutch people wearing orange is in a sporting context football matches etc is kind of equivalent to the Scots version being the Tartan army and this is a phenomenon that's called Oranha Hector and it means <laughs> orange madness or orange craze. Interesting I've got orange quartz I mean clearly none of us have Dutch as a first language but meaning orange fever <laughs> but in any case the same idea everyone's turned orange. It's such a big phenomenon they had to name it twice <laughs> but the sporting context is actually quite new in the past it was associated with monarchist celebrations and that's the mm. reason that on this day it had become so controversial. And the reason it's connected to royals and the reason it's connected to the Netherlands is because the one-time king of the Netherlands was William of Orange. Uh, Although he wasn't (laughs) named after the colour, he was named after a town which was named after the colour, which confusingly is in modern day France. (laughs) And the name of the colour actually comes from the fruit, not the other way around. I think people think that the fruit's called that because it's orange, but no, the colour's called that because of the fruit, which it didn't arrive in Europe until the late 1400s, and that was under its Sanskrit name, which was Naranga, which became Naranja in Spanish, and finally through one of those weird, long, difficult to follow processes, eventually became orange in English. Yeah, so William originally became became the Prince of Orange in 1544 when he was just 11 years old. But actually the history of the Principality itself goes back much further to 1163 when the then Emperor Frederick Barbarossa elevated the County of Orange to become a Principality in the first place in order to kind of boost his support in that area when he was having this conflict with the Pope. And the title then passed through a bunch of French noble hands before eventually arriving with René of Nassau in 1530 who then passed it on to William in 1540. And if you're listening to this in Britain and thinking, well, what's this got to do with me, Netherlands history? Well, firstly, stop being so needy. And secondly, (laughs) I can tell you, because the line of Williams of Orange had an impact in Britain as well. It was in 1688 that a William of Orange, William III as he became, seized the British throne, had a British wife, which is one of the reasons that there is an orange colour on the Irish flag. Yeah, and you know which flag doesn't have orange on it? It's the flag of the Netherlands. And the Kingdom of the Netherlands has never had orange in its official flag. There was a movement under Queen Wilhelmina, who was very popular in the 1930s, that it should be on there. But in 1937, they issued a final decree saying, look, it's just not going to happen. And to be honest, nobody really cared because the Dutch flag 
flag is a tree color anyway. It's really boring. It is really boring, isn't it? It, it is. It's pretty tedious. You know, you could easily mistake it for a million other flags as well. So when you go to any sporting event, any kind of national holiday, the orange flag will vastly outnumber the actual official Dutch flag. And the first Prince William of Orange, the prince of this principality in France, his flag was orange, white and blue. And as we've sort of discussed, at the time, orange was a new colour. And so it wasn't common in heraldry. It was very recognisable. So when he marched his army into the Netherlands and liberated it from Spanish control in 1568, he became not only a national hero, but he made orange something of an association with the country of the Netherlands itself. So then you had a bunch more Williams. And then what happened was the Prince of Orange sort of took on this kind of a head of state role because the Netherlands was actually independent provinces and it was technically a republic. So these princes of orange weren't kings but they were the stadtholder that means like a steward and in effect it was a head of state and theoretically they were named by the different provinces but in reality what happened is that they all named the prince of orange and then they named the prince of orange's son mm. so it was kind of functioning like a monarchy and so by this day we've got william v occupying this place of stadtholder and there's this growing feeling among some members of society that these stadtholder princes are getting a little bit too much like monarchs yeah and you have to remember what's in the air in terms of global movements right the french revolution is just a few years down the pipe uh the war of independence in america has just ended so there is anti-establishment feeling as a trend going all the way across the western world and william v in 1781 is actually recorded as having said i wish i were dead that my father had never been a stadtholder i feel i have no ability to be at the head of so many affairs but at the same time, the stadtholders did have a certain amount of both uh, influence and support. But to kind of knock that on the head, it was at this stage that the estates of Holland were like, well, look, to prevent a rebellion under these quasi-kings, well, we're going to stop people from uh, showing their allegiance to them, which they were doing by wearing orange bows and ribbons. So it wasn't just at this point, oh, orange is a new colour, that's fun. It was very clear yep. if you were displaying an orange ribbon that you're basically saying, I'm in line with the establishment, I don't want a revolution. Exactly right, because the states themselves were now represented by this tricolour flag, but the monarchs still had this association with the colour orange. Yeah, and so society was really divided. So there was this movement of people that called themselves the Patriots. They were mostly middle class people who'd sort of been affected by democratic establishment ideals, and they were clashing with the, this group of people who called themselves the Orangists. They were dominated by traditionalists, a lot of people in rural areas, religious conservatives, noblemen. So they saw the prince as a protector of the nation, that it, this was this post that had been inherited from the original William of Orange who had liberated the Netherlands, that he was a protector of religious rights as well. But as a result of this tension, in 1785, William V actually had to relocate his court from The Hague in Holland because the States General of Holland wouldn't give him any soldiers to suppress this so-called patriot movement. The colour orange as well had become so symbolic that so the story goes, people in the Netherlands even started breeding their carrots orange in tribute to the stadtholders because it used to be that you'd get natural varieties in the Netherlands of red, white, purple, which still exist, you know, as a minority carrot these days. But the orange yeah, took over the sort of as the tastier heirloom carrots. Yeah, the heirloom carrots. <laughs> I, yeah. can't, I can't believe you said that the relation that this story has to the UK was all that guff about Ireland and <laughs> yeah, William III. And the you're real telling story. us that's why we have orange carrots? Yeah. Well, I, well. So the story goes that that's why they bred orange carrots. But I mean, the reason that, <laughs> you're not you're not sticking to this. Well, the reason that they're more popular now is because they are tastier, aren't they? Than the certainly the white ones. I mean, the red ones are quite nice, but they make all your food go bright red. So uh, I think really the orange carrot 
where it was deemed to be a good thing by everyone who encountered it. And actually, as a branding point, like was quite clearly from Holland. So that was good for Dutch farmers, too. Um, but apparently, mm. it was so understood in the 1780s that orange carrots, it's ridiculous to say, were in tribute <laughs> to William, that there was also a ban in some cities on displaying carrots without their green tops on show. <laughs> So they're the green top. It couldn't be said to be symbolic. Has to represent Catholicism. (laughs) (laughs) We're calling it the unity vegetable. But to be fair, we're laughing at these bans, but they must have had some effect because after a few more years of unrest, the Patriots actually forced William V of Orange into exile. Yeah, that's right. And the ban was only actually lifted in 1813 when the, by then, Napoleonic rule in the Dutch provinces collapsed. And the Prince of Orange, now William VI, returned from England and he was established king. And this is now the start of the actual monarchy. So up until this point, they're not actually kings. But even then, the powers that be, monarchy aside, were still not entirely comfortable with the idea of people celebrating using the colour orange. And it's only later, when Queen Wilhelmina comes to power in 1890, that there's this real sort of bond now built between the monarchy, the state and the people. And that's when people really started with this sort of orange madness. Yeah, she was really, really popular. And when the royal family went into exile in World War II, they went to Britain. And this was sort of at the tail end of her reign. And she addressed the nation from exile on a BBC European service programme that was called Radio Orange. And that fueled the resistance and it helped orange to be seen as a colour, not just of, you know, traditionalists and monarchists, but also the colour of resistance and Dutch independence. And so it put this whole new spin. It was kind of the final piece in the puzzle of making it this secular, nationwide symbol that everyone could get on board with. And that brings us back to uh, King's Day, which you referenced in the intro, Arian, which is currently the 27th of April. And I say currently because it's to celebrate whoever the current monarch is. So they currently have a king and his birthday is the 27th of April. But before that, they had a queen and her birthday was the 30th of April. And for quite a few years, (laughs) tourists with outdated guidebooks have been turning up to Amsterdam and Rotterdam (laughs) bedecked in full orange costumes on Queen's Day, when, of course, King's Day is not celebrated because it's celebrated three days prior. Um, and the, it happened so much they've even got a word for it, which is Vergisto Eriston, mistake tourists. So it's, worth, it's worth a look. Hashtag Vergisteriston uh, to see the amusing pictures that people post of stupid tourists wearing full orange outfit with wig and everything. I just love the idea of the embarrassment of the person who's burst out of the airport in full orange yeah. regalia only to have to like sneak back in and change in the toilet. It's just so wonderful that it's three days late now as well. Do you know what I mean? Like if it was six yeah. months later, you'd, it'd be like, oh, okay. Okay, he's got the wrong date. But it's just, it's exactly, they've yeah. just done it, <laughs> just cleaned up, and then they're like, hey! <laughs> Tomorrow. My fingers are all destroyed, my mittens are frozen stiff, it's becoming worse and worse, God knows what will happen to us. Love the show? Support the show. Patreon.com slash Retrospectors. Part of the ACAST Creator Network.